Alright, I'm here with two of my favorite people in the world Michelle Whitehead, Brian Whitehead Power couple in my world, soon to be in the whole world And um, we're just going to talk a little bit about black love Entrepreneurship Because this is a group that, y'all, I, Honestly, I tell people this all the time that it's very few people I look up to. Brian, one of the people I look up to just because of just how he, he carries himself, the way he plans, organizes, etc. And uh, as a couple, I look up to them, too, because uh, I feel like they did it the right way. We in a time where a lot of people, it's a lot of single fathers, a lot of single mothers. And um, it's just refreshing to see a good, young, black couple um, expressing love, starting business and things together. So I'll let them uh, talk a little bit real quick about, you know, just introduce themselves, how y'all met each other, and then, um, yeah, we can jump into it. All right, well, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, before uh, we get into that, uh, on behalf of both of us, uh, I just want to thank you for inviting us on your podcast. I know this is something uh, you and your sister have been thinking about and working towards. Also, uh, as you also have that business ownership mindset, and uh, we thank you for sharing your platform with us, and uh, we wish you much success as you continue this. Um, You're just trying to make me cry, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you uh, did a good job of trying to make us cry when you started, uh, but... Uh, so my name's Brian. I'm married to Michelle. Hello. Uh, uh, we are a married couple. Uh, we both went to Bowie State University. Uh, I'm a 2011 graduate. And I graduated in 2012. Um, Michelle was also Miss Bowie State. I, 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 I tell that to anybody whenever I mention my wife. So He always uh, brags. So please forgive me for that. Uh, and Miss Bowie State, yeah, for those who don't know, that's like, you know, we might have some people who are not familiar with HBCUs. That's a royal on the campus. So she was the queen of the campus, the, yeah. the real queen. So you guys have homecoming queens and kings or whatever, but she was queen for a whole year nominated by the people and served the school so yeah that's but, dope. Uh, she wasn't nominated by the people she was voted voted by the people yeah voted, yeah, by, yeah, the yeah, people. voted by the people exactly <laughs> they love she you. nominated herself then they voted for her. <laughs> all right so we uh uh i don't i don't know if you told your audience but the year prior to that you were mr Bowie state that was the year and uh through that i was on your court as mr black and gold mm -hmm. and through that experience uh that's how me and michelle met Michelle and, I. Uh, Michelle and I met. Uh, <laughs> so we met uh, in the fall semester, the 2010 school year. Um, we've been together ever since. Uh, Actually, we met that summer. Because um, yeah. that was my first impression of Brian. I didn't really like him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Because> talk about <laughs> it. I, um, that summer before, Amir, you hosted um, like a royal court um, retreat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, all yeah, of the yeah. royal court had, we did like a game night. We went out to eat. Mm -hmm. And Brian was just in the corner, just not talking. <laughs> and then he kept falling asleep. And I'm just like, I mean, why is he here if he doesn't want to be here? You know? And then, um, only to know at the time, I didn't know Brian's just quiet by nature. 
So I didn't realize that. So I took it as he was being rude, but he really wasn't. You know, he was just being the quiet person that he is. So. Hey, so I wasn't. I wasn't gonna say all that, but. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. So we we met in the summer of 2010. Yes. And we started dating in the fall of 2010. Uh, I proposed to Michelle on Valentine's Day 2013. And we got married March 23rd, 2014. And in a couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating three years. So it's been happy marital bliss ever since March 23rd, 2014. Yeah. Uh, what is this, 2017? Almost seven Time flies, years bro. together. Almost seven years together in total. <laughs> yeah. Three years together married. That's real. That's real. You guys got any plans for the third one? You guys know what you're doing yet? Staycation. Stay home? Yeah, we're staying. Usually we will go out of town and or go out of the country and do a big vacation for the year. But um, since we just started our business, we've decided to just save our coins and and do it responsibly. So we're going to just stay home and just enjoy a couple of days off of work. No, that's dope, though. Like, I, I, I was listening to uh, Charlemagne... It might have been last week, and he was just talking about how him and his wife, like, they just enjoy each other. Because I think he'd been with his wife since high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about, like, just when when things uh, get further and further on, like, sometimes you just enjoy each other's company. Like, I think he said for Valentine's Day, like, they went to, like, her favorite burger spot, and they, like, shared a smoothie with the, like, to put two yeah. straws That's in exactly it. exactly what home. we did. Yeah, like... <laughs> On Valentine's Day, we went to our favorite burger spot, Smash Burger, oh, okay. and just, you know, ate our favorite food. <laughs> so, what, what, what kind of things do you guys do, like, to just keep, like, the relationship fresh? Like, I know, like, you guys, you know, it's been three years, but you guys have been together since 2010. Mm-hmm. So, is it constantly, because I know, like, Brian would tell me, like, Sometimes you guys would do puzzles. Like, it's all sorts of, like, things you did. So, is it, like, finding something that one person likes and then you guys compromise towards it? Or is it just finding things that you both like all the time? To be honest, like, we don't have to find things. We just... We're still kind of on that honeymoon phase, honestly. Mm -hmm. So... And we don't really require much to be happy. We're pretty simple people in general. So... You know, we like to listen to music together, mm-hmm. podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, right. A lot of times, one of my favorite activities, I like to binge watch TV. And typically what will happen, we'll start a show together. Then I'll just like, one day he'll go to work and I'll watch the whole series without him. So he gets a little upset about that. <laughs> but um, it's nothing in particular that we do to kind of keep the relationship great. It's just, he's my best friend. So mm-hmm. when things happen at work, I'm like, I can't wait to go home and tell him what happened at work today or, mm-hmm. you know, what this lady said to me. And we just, right. we just mesh. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we don't, I don't, at least not at this point mm-hmm. and, and God willing, we don't ever get to that point. Uh, you know, we don't put a lot of effort in making our relationship work. Mm-hmm. We just, by nature, make our relationship work. We we talk to each other. Um, this is kind of going back to the conversation I had with you earlier mm-hmm. about how when you are married to the right person mm-hmm. or when looking for the right person to marry, you really should align uh, in terms of your financial philosophy, right. your uh, political and social philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, as well as just your general philosophy in life and what you want to do in your life. And 
um, God blessed me by putting this woman in my life who uh, we pretty much align in, in, in those three ways. So, you know, you know, we can make an evening out of just talking about the events of the day in our personal lives as well as what's going on in the, in the world, mm-hmm. uh, what our future aspirations are. Um, just We just talk to each other. And you know we, we we we're good to each other. So and that I feel like that that just comes naturally. So we don't have to plan anything. Of course we plan trips and right. things of that sort as as we get the opportunity to. But you know you if if you need that to sustain your marriage, you know I may question how how good is your marriage. You know we can you know we could just chill in the house. Last night was my birthday. Mm-hmm. Or yesterday was my birthday. And all we did, we went and got some Indian food and came back to the house and sat and talked right. that all evening. So that's how that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. That's all. So Michelle, like I think that was that's cool because you had talked about the original part of the relationship. Yeah. And I think um, you know, sometimes the first impressions can be, you know, off. So I think it's so dope that you didn't like someone at first and then he became your best friend. So what was the change? Like, what what happened? <laughs> well, I don't know if you remember. Um, there is this uh, game show. Don't say no names. I'm not going to say no names. <laughs> she knows who she is. No, I'm joking. Um, there was this game show that came to Bowie State called Think Tank. I don't know mm. if you remember it. You were there. It's, it's kind of like a Jeopardy show for kids. Yeah. And whoever, you you formed your own group, and whoever won, you would get like 200 or $300 to, you know, to split amongst your group. Yeah. So I remember that I already kind of didn't like Brian at this point. And so I remember the Royal Court was a team of their own, and we were winning. We were winning. We were all, you know putting our brains together, answering the questions. Mm -hmm. And then Brian decides to leave like (laughs) midway through the game when the game was like getting really heated (laughs) to go on a date. And I'm just like, I can't believe he's leaving us. And it's like, we're at the fire round. Like, really? So um, we ended up winning the game. And you, Amir, was like, we got to save some of the money for Brian. And so I'm like... Brian deserves absolutely zero dollars. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe that he left us for a date and then we were supposed to split our earnings with him. I was really upset yeah, about but, that. The whole time, though, I think I carried the team up to that point. No, you did not. I, I remember answering more than a <laughs> couple questions. Yo, it was just so funny because that was such right. a Brian thing to do. Like, that's in 2010, that was him. Like, that was what he would have did. He was going to fall asleep at a party. Yeah. Like, he was going to leave, like... Wait a minute. So okay, so we so we won. Uh, Brian wasn't there. You said he shouldn't get nothing. So then what happened? Absolutely not. So y'all ended up still saving money for him. I was really upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't remember at this. This was like right in the beginning of the towards the beginning of the year. So I remember seeing him when we would practice for your coronation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember like going off, like I can't believe you left, you know, to go on a date with some girl, you know, like she better be worth it because I don't see it's, you know, that it's fair that I had to split my money with you. And then he was like, because I said you went on some date with some, I don't remember what I called her, 
And he was like, don't say that. You know, he was getting all upset. So I realized I really probably did offend him. So I was like, I'm sorry, you know. And then we were just talking. And I was asking about, you know, his friend. And he was just saying that they broke up, but they were still kind of hanging out. All right. And I don't know, we just had like a long, probably like two or three hour uh, mm-hmm. conversation. I was like, oh, he's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we would always run into each other. All right. And um, I, re- I was a, a resident assistant at the time. So I remember just seeing him and saying, um, going, excuse me, rewind. I remember leaving the desk for five minutes to go to the convenience store mm-hmm. and running into him walking <laughs> with another girl (laughs) (laughs) at the time I just thought they were just walking like you know casual friends so I was just like hey you know we should switch information let let me get your number let's you know and I guess he tells me now like that was so rude of me to do but I really didn't think why oh so while he was with her yeah I just thought (laughs) I thought they were friends wait a minute why in my head I'm just hearing like Mary J. Blige? <laughs> I can love you better than she can. <laughs> I I would have never in a million years thought that he would you know think of her as more than a friend. Right. Yeah, and we're not gonna we're not gonna say that we're not gonna say that <laughs> I'm person's name. I'm not gonna say either. the person's name, but. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I would have never. So well, I, I mean, just figured I, they were cool. I, I think the people want to get to how we got together. <laughs> yeah, and, sorry. You know, and that was this, the best. This, that was the best lead up ever. Yeah. So this Dang. this episode is supposed to be about you know black, <laughs> black love and black marriage and the and the things you can do together as a but, but as we a didn't, black unit. We didn't explain. And, right, we didn't explain exactly how we started dating yet. It's getting there. All right, go ahead. Okay. So then we exchanged numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we just started texting and hanging out, and then. Um, we finally went on a first date, and we went to see Jackass 3. <laughs> hey, that's real. Where y'all gonna eat at? Like Chipotle? Yeah, Chipotle. Uh, yeah, so that, you know, that was college. You know, we were in college, so yeah, we didn't yeah, have yeah. You know, mean, money like yeah. that. That's <laughs> so, dope, though. So, you know, that was, that, was, that was sometime in the fall of 2010, and, mm-hmm. and like I said before, you know, we've been making it work ever since then. Right. And, you know, I left... I left those two girls, <laughs> uh, as well as all women in the past <laughs> since that point. That's dope. So I wanted to get you guys' take on something, being a uh, strong black couple yourself. What do you think the state is of marriage as a whole right now in the black community? Because um, I feel like it's something... It's something that people still strive for, I think, um, but I don't think necessarily the time and thought is put into it, like maybe how our parents used to, our grandparents, uh, in terms of really finding that person, and even more than just finding that person, like sticking it out with them. Like, I feel like it's talking about like divorce is higher than ever, like right now. So do you think that... Marriage right now is like in a good spot because it seems like I just keep seeing. I feel like it's like a baby mother and baby father like generation almost. Unfortunately, mm, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, I think a lot of people marry people that they're not supposed to marry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's that's probably the the biggest issue. 
Um, I'll give you, uh, I'll, I'll tell a story to, to articulate my point. So a couple of weeks ago, one of my coworkers asked me how I knew Michelle was the one. Mm-hmm. And I sat, when she asked me that, I sat and thought about it for a minute. And I said, um, honestly, I know you're probably expecting like this big romantic story. Mm-hmm. But really, I woke up one morning, and I guess this could be the the awe part about it. I woke up one morning, and God said to me, uh, I think Michelle is the one for you. Mm-hmm. And then I sat, and I thought about it, and I, you know, I, I, I guess I did a mental checklist, you know, and she met all of uh, my needs as far as what I, like, uh, as far as physical attraction mm-hmm. and then I thought about you know what she wants to do with her life uh, she had just finished college at the time mm-hmm. a, a few months prior I thought about again how we matched together I thought about what I want in my life and how she fits into that and then I did that mental checklist and I said I think Michelle is the one mm-hmm. so you know the co-worker I was talking to I, I said you know Again, that may not be the most exciting or, you know, lovey-dovey story that you may have heard. But I, I believe when you do marriage right, you have to look at your partner objectively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't just base it solely on emotion and physical attractiveness. You really have to look at that person holistically and how that person fits into your life. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I agree. So I, I so I sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I think I think in, in my in my own opinion, I think it's probably a lot of people not taking that hard objective look mm-hmm. at that other person, and then you know they <clears throat> may overlook certain character flaws that they always saw, and then they get married, and you know once you get married and you move in together. And you and real life starts to hit you. Bills start to hit you. Mm-hmm. Uh, responsibilities start to hit you. Uh, having to make both of your individual lives one life. When that reality starts to hit you, um, you know people find out that I'm really not built for this, or I'm really not built for this with this person. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably why we see the divorce rate being so high, mm-hmm. and that's probably why. Um, we we see a lot of people saying that marriage isn't something for them, but I can say for for me, you know, marriage has been the best decision that I've made in my life, and you know my <laughs> you know I, I damn you know I I I could not picture my life without Michelle and, and the 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 joy and the the Everything that she is that she brings to my life, you know, my life is amazing. And Michelle has a lot to do with that. Much to do with that. Well, thanks. There's a lot of people at home crying off of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, also, like, just Brian already said pretty much everything that I was going to say. But I think you just have to. It's just really not based off of just emotions and your feelings. Of course, I have you know, I get the feelings, you know, the butterflies <laughs> in my stomach and all of that. But, 
you know, you have to be on the same page financially. I can't imagine, you know, being with someone who is a spender and I'm a saver mm-hmm. or um, just someone who doesn't have the same goals and aspirations in life. Or even if you don't have the same goals and aspirations, someone I would at least want someone who can support me and help me make my goals. Right. You know, you might not have the dream to do X, Y, and Z, but what are you going to do to help me reach my goal? We have to complement each other. Mm. And so um, for Brian, you know, we spoke. And I think another thing, we went to premarital counseling as well. So I remember we had about 250 cards that we went through throughout our course that asked all of the uncomfortable questions. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, how many kids do you want? Mm -hmm. How important is, you know cleaning everything that you can possibly think wow. of and we were forced to really address every issue and whatever we disagreed on we had to really talk it out mm-hmm. so I think that premarital counseling is um, very important very crucial if you want to at least get on a good start and additionally honestly I think you know to not to um, I think it's great that you know the couples back in the day didn't mm-hmm. get divorced. Right. But I think times are changing also. Like you see people, they didn't get divorced because they couldn't afford to get divorced. Right. You know, a lot back in the day, women, you know, would stay at home. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> they couldn't just say, I'm gone, I'm I out believe. here, and I'm right. just going to fend for myself and, and right. do, you know, provide for my kids. You know, women didn't have that option. Not mm-hmm. saying that I condone divorce. I'm not, I don't believe in divorce personally. Right. But I think that that also plays a role as well. You have more women who are independent, who are providing for themselves now and who work or in the work field. So they might have that kind of mentality that, well, I don't need to be here. I don't need a man or I don't need, Mm. you know, which I'm not saying you should have that attitude either Mm -hmm. um, going into marriage because it's not about you anymore. You Mm -hmm. have to make decisions with with you and your spouse. But I think that also might be a reason why the divorce rate is increasing i'm gonna put you on the spot michelle sure because that you, you you brought up a good point sure because i think and me and brian was talking about this a little bit earlier too because mm-hmm. like we're just gonna be real we can go up and down the instagram timeline <laughs> and a lot of our homegirls from like you know middle school high school college like mm-hmm. you know are taking you know maternity photos and stuff like that yeah. with no father like yeah so but then, you know, I think it's two sides of it. Like, so I wanted to ask you, one, how you feel about that mentality that I don't need a father, like, just jumping into it, like, that from the jump, like, I don't need a father for, like, I could do this myself, I'm going to be both parents, like, yada, yada, yada. And then also, well, let me start with that one. I'm going to start with that one first. Um, I mean, it's heartbreaking, honestly, more than anything else, because... You know, I don't I can't imagine how my life would be if I didn't have my dad. Like my dad instilled confidence, you know, he instilled um he just made me know that I was worth something. Mm-hmm. And um I just find it unfortunate that you know, I don't knock any woman who takes a picture by themselves. I know Brian might disagree with me. I think that's her business. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I think it is unfortunate that 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 has to be that way. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. I I just think it's unfortunate that, um, you know, in a lot of the what you're referring to, you know, 
it's just a situation where they might not even have that option to mm-hmm. to call on the the father of their child to participate in that. And you know, I you know sometimes I see stuff like that, and I'm just like, man, like like you having a baby with somebody who don't even want to be in the picture representing the father, you know, being the father in that child's life. But um, but yeah, but like Michelle said, um, overall, I think the overall philosophy is unfortunate about how people feel that they don't need uh, a father figure in, in their child's life because just like Michelle said, her father... Uh, instill confidence in her. My my father taught me how to be a man. You know what I'm saying. My father taught me, you know, that it's important to take care of your family and right. you take care of your wife and you keep a a roof over your wife's head. Mm-hmm. You keep a roof over your child's head and you put food in in your children's belly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. You know, my father was a very is a very. He's not. He's not passing. My father is a very stern and stoic man. Right. But you know, so. But he he just had that that philosophy of you know, you know everybody that lives under this roof is gonna be taken care of, and I'm going to do all that I can to make sure that you all are taken care of. Yeah, no, and, and, oh my bad. Yeah. And, and that type of thinking, you know, I carry with me, mm-hmm. and you know, providing for my wife and and our future children is something that is very important to me. And being seen in that light in my children's eyes, uh, one, for if we have any sons, you know, mm-hmm. exemplifying what a man is to my sons. And if we have daughters, exemplifying what a man is to my daughters so that they can know how to select the right men for them as they grow older is very important to me. Right. No, I think, yeah, I think those are perfect responses. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's just interesting because, um, like, even for my mom, not my mom, but my sister, when we talk about my dad, uh, and it's the same for me, too, but, like, your dad, especially if you're uh, a woman, is, like, your first, like, that's your first blueprint for what a man is. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have that in the house and you don't have a positive representation for it, like, it can really shape your worldview into a negative, you know what I'm saying? portrayal or negative feelings towards men just because of naturally he wasn't there you know so it was things like my dad always used to tell my sister she was beautiful like from you know since she could comprehend it because she wouldn't be looking for it from another man like you know what i'm saying it wouldn't be the first time she heard that she was beautiful walking outside like it's something important about that and i think that duality thing is important too because it's things with my mother like and you know with your mom that she could only teach her son, like, you know, whether it be, you know, like, no, we like when we get our chairs pulled out or, like, always make sure you open the door, like, whatever it may be. Because mm-hmm. sometimes our fathers might not have had that. So it's like, you can be better, you know, because that's how the kids are supposed to be. Right. Supposed to, you know, up it up mm-hmm. from, you know, what the parents did. So I thought you guys brought up, you know, some good points. But I just be, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking, bro, because I just, like, it'd be some good, like, people out there like going through some of that stuff and it's just like how do we stop it because i think just speaking honestly i think uh man sex is just a crazy drug like and people don't talk about it like that but it's a like my mom always called it a lust demon (laughs) she called it a lust demon and it's real 
Because I think it forces you to do stuff with people sometimes. When you step out there into it, like, that's why I think parents, like, having both the parents, like we said, in there to tell you about it and the repercussions of it and things like that. Like, when you don't have that and you jump into it blindly, I think sometimes that leads to what we're talking about, not having that mother there not having a father, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just, it's you're trying to look for that hit. Like, it's just something you need, mm-hmm. you know? And it's no value. It's like it's not value to it anymore, not the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, you know, people want to have sex. Right. Like, but I can say ideally, which is not realistic. Like, the only way there's any type of, you know, shorty, that I don't even know if that's a word. Shawty. <laughs> the, only, the only way that there is any like um that any way for you to know for a fact that your the the father of your child child will be there mm. is if you're married. I mean even then it's not a it's not a you know guarantee obviously but um it's a lot better. It's a lot better. Like you know that's the way it should go but unfortunately that's just not how the world is and um me personally you know i i don't know if i would actually you know take pictures and post them but that's just me you know i don't think i would want people in my business to know what's going on because people come up with their own conclusions and well i don't see a picture with the dad so you know right she must not have you know and i just feel like i wouldn't even if that were me i wouldn't post it but that's only because i feel like you know i wouldn't want to feel you know judged Mm, yeah no that's real i mean because it's like i said it's just frustrating because i think there's so many good people out there um and i think it's like we said, if you just if you don't have any context to it or at least like can be smart about it, like I got homeboys back home and I'm just like, bruh, like you didn't use a condom, bruh. <laughs> like seriously, like and you knew she like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you afterwards, like, nah, I knew I shouldn't have did it. Well it's like then why you do it? Yeah. Or with my homegirl, same yeah. thing. It's like you knew he wasn't. So why you do it? Yeah. And it's just like Hey, that's it's the, the lustful demon. demon. That's the, <laughs> the, lust, the lust demon. It's the lust, lust demon. The lust demon on their back. <laughs> yeah, right. But Brian, you had brought something up when we was in the car too, and I wanted to see if Michelle had something to add to it. But talk about those. Uh, it was like three things you had said, like that you got to make sure are good in the marriage. You talked about it a little bit earlier, but I wanted you to elaborate, like what you meant. Because yeah. I know you said financially, like spiritually, and then you said like politically, like it's certain things that you yeah. think. Like gotta go into a marriage like you guys gotta see eye to eye on for it to be able to work. Yeah. Um, well, those those three things and I I, I, I did mention earlier. Uh, uh, I believe are the recipe for a good, successful, sustaining marriage is alignment uh, financially, alignment uh, politically and socially, and just overall alignment uh, to your general philosophy. And life and, and what you want to accomplish in your life. And uh, Michelle kind of hit it on the financial part uh, a little bit earlier uh, where, you know, I think I, I think I believe the leading cause of divorce in marriage is um, not actually not infidelity is uh, finances. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when people start going through rough times together, you know, or when people have different thoughts about how to spend their money mm-hmm. um you know you may have one person who is a spender 
and another person who may want to begin saving money and investing money. And if those things don't align with each other, um, you know, that, that, that can be detrimental for the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, speaking about me and Michelle, we both have uh, very similar uh, financial philosophies. Uh, we, uh, we're both savers. We're both uh, trying to invest, uh, as I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later, our, our big investment that we're doing right now. Um, so, you know, by us doing that together and having that same philosophy, you know, at least finances won't tear us apart. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second part is politically and socially, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, me and Michelle both have very similar uh, political views, mm-hmm. um, as you can imagine now. Uh as you as you may see now mm-hmm. being on social media, like politics are very divisive. You know, extremely. If you, you know, if you align yourself with a certain political party and you express that view, if people don't agree with you, they're gonna let you know about it. Right. And um, you know, uh, politics bleeds into social issues. You know, mm-hmm. politics is pretty much the science of. Uh, social need and and, and uh, addressing social needs. Mm-hmm. So looking at the larger picture of that, uh, you know, we both have very um, similar sociology uh, outlooks and how we believe the world should be and and what we want the world to be and right. uh, the parts that we want to play in making that world into what it what it should be. Uh, and and the final part was just general. Uh, philosophical outlook into your own personal life and what you want to accomplish in that life. Um, I'm married uh, to begin. I'm married because I want to be married, right. and Michelle is married because she wants to be married. You know, if I had any doubts about being married and I was married, you know, that's probably a bad thing. Right. You know, because we're probably not going to last. Um, that's one example of how. You have to have the same goals and the same wants in life. Uh, marriage being one that ties us together. Uh, also, just what you what you want to do in life. Like um, me and Michelle operate a business together. Um, that's something that we came together with and and spoke about and built. Um, if I was the type of person that just didn't care about that, if I just wanted to do my nine to five for the next 30 years and my wife did and I wasn't supportive of that, you know, that could probably tear us apart, you know, either through, you know, just the stress of her doing it on her own or probably, you know, jealousy and animosity as she started to obtain success in that. So, you know, you just gotta, you just got to want the same things in life. Or if you don't want the same things, the things that you do want have to complement each other. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was dope. Yeah, he said a lot. Um. So you what a what a I'm sorry. Because you said you said real quick. Because I just want, I wanted to see if you had anything to add to, to that. Add to because he okay. said financially, socially, politically. And uh, overall, your your overall wants and desires. Right, the key to desire. success. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're still kind of young in it, too. You know, right, right. Um, three years in. So I, I 
I don't want it to seem like we're experts at what we do, but so far we're doing a great job. Yeah, I think I think um, we are. Let me talk. Um, <laughs> I think for me, one of the uh, ways that makes us successful, honestly, is um, the people who we look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a few mentors um, who have been amazing. Um, one, I would say, is my aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. Grace Drakes and um, Dr. Dewan Drakes. Um, they've been married probably for 50 years. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Probably. I think maybe like Maybe 40, 40 years. I'm sorry if I'm <laughs> adding age, age to y'all. <laughs> but, um, you know, they've been married for a long time. They're successful. They have a business of their own. They mm-hmm. actually inspired us to start our business. That's what's up. Um, they've given <clears> us, <throat> you know, advice on things to do mm-hmm. um, financially. Um, you know, they tell us what works for them in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, same with um, another, um, not necessarily a couple, um, but um, this uh, mentor of ours name. Um, Ed Belenji. Mm-hmm. He's married to um, a pastor of uh, a pastor that used to preach at my church, but he's been another great um, source. So I think having a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, particularly someone who's married, who can kind of just you know you can actually try to see what they do and how they are successful. You know, when it comes to um, aiming for longevity, like I'm not going to be asking advice to my friends, right? Especially because we're the only ones married. No right. <laughs> shade to them, but right. I need to look to somebody who's made it 20 years or greater, right, you know, facts. to see what is it they, that they did and how we can be just as successful as they are. Absolutely. You know, so that just really leads into my next point. You know, you really make sure that you keep your business your business. Mm. Um there's times where even, you know, your family or your parents, mm. you know, might want to give you advice or you should do this or you should do that. And sometimes you just got to say, hey, it's mind us. your business. Oh, yeah, like, it's, it's between us. You know, the decisions I make, I, as much as you would like to give me your opinion, your opinion is null and void because the right. only decisions I make now are with my husband. Right. You know, when you get married, you no longer prioritize. I mean, your family's a priority, but right. your husband or your spouse is your priority. You right. make no decisions without your spouse. Right. So I think that is also important, trying to set those boundaries. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times family members, you know, with good intentions, they'll try to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. Right. And you just have to be true to yourself, true to your spouse. And if you have a goal or there's something that you want to decide there's only one person you should be consulting with and that is your best friend and your spouse mm. so dang yeah Michelle just took us to church one time <laughs> <laughs> and I was like the that was the most solid answer from you two like ever quick so this is my question for Brian for the fellas what are a couple do's and don'ts bro like once you've gotten into the marriage Cause I got a couple homeboys that's getting ready to get married, so I'm sure they could use a little advice. So, what's some do's once you'll start living together, you in the household? Things to do, things to absolutely not do. Uh, I would say um, you do uh, listen to your listen to your partner. Mm. Uh, do listen to, and that 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 can go both ways because um, you know your your aim in marriage. Um, when you get married, mm-hmm. you know your your priority should shift to you know making sure your partner is happy. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you know that's not to say 
uh, in instances of abuse or anything, you, right. you tolerate that. Of but right. uh, assuming you have a happy, healthy marriage um, or relationship, but specifically marriage, uh, once you do get married, your my priority is my wife and my wife's happiness. Mm. And um, you know, you know, so I I listen to her. I listen to what she wants um, me to do mm-hmm. uh, in order to make her happy. And, and vice versa, you know, she listens to what I tell her to do or I ask her to do mm-hmm. in order for, you know, her to make me happy. Like, uh, for example, I'm not the most uh, romantic guy in the world. What? You? <laughs> really? My wife enjoys, you know, romanticism. She enjoys mm-hmm. flowers and, and um, spontaneous, you know, displays of affection. Right. And she also enjoys um, overt uh, displays of affection. You know, mm-hmm. she's a touchy-feely type of person. Right. So even though that does not really align with who I am mm-hmm. personally, you know, I make the effort to do what I can to make sure that those needs for her are being addressed. That's dope. And... Um, on the flip side, as far as what don't. you what you don't do, um, you know you you don't. I mean, I, I it ties right back to what I just said. You don't not listen to your wife because, or not listen to your partner because you know it, it's a it's a partnership and and the ego got to go. Basically. Yeah, your, yeah, your ego has to go. Um, you know, I. You know, there there are things that we do clash over. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you know we have differing um, habits as far as like keeping the house clean. You know, I'm a very I'm a, I'm a big neat freak. Mm-hmm. My wife not so much. So, you know, I'm not going to turn every instance of the house being messier than I would have it if I were single. I'm not going to turn that into a major battle I'm just gonna let that go because that's the way she is right fact so you know you just really have to you have to learn how to live with each other and don't make uh, molehills into mountains mm, molehills into mountains yeah or is it anthills into mountains whatever the correct <laughs> expression of, of that of that of that phrase is that's what I meant if but, not you just created your own joint so yeah. who cares who really cares this episode of Live at the Family Barbecue is brought to you by Imani Shani's YouTube channel. Check it out. She's giving tutorials on getting into the modeling world, being in the modeling world, pretty girls, stigmas that they have, things that they, you know, deal with. So, you know, a lot of stuff I don't know about, but you might be interested in. I check it out because I don't know a lot about it. So it's just good, very educational, great for building and starting new conversations. So check that out. Go to YouTube.com and type in Imani Shani. One word. I-M-A-N-I-S-H-A-N-I. Any do's and don'ts you want to uh, share? Um, let me start with do's first. Um, do show your appreciation to your spouse like it's like small things so for instance um 
whenever we travel, it might not be a big deal, but whenever we travel, Brian drives. Mm. So at the end of every long drive, I just say, you know, thank you for getting us where we need to go safely. I really Mm. appreciate that you got us here in a safe manner. And it might not seem like a big deal, but like I want to know that it's the small things that I really do appreciate. You know, I appreciate that you're driving because Lord knows I don't know how to drive, you know. (laughs) Just, you know, showing him that type of appreciation, um, you know, and I think it's important, even though as a woman, there's we're all independent. There's things that we can do, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important to allow them, the men to do it, do what it is that they do. So, um, and that is, I gotta be honest, sometimes that's a struggle for me because I'm just such a type A personality, but there's things, it could be something simple. Like, you know, I'm very, I like to say I'm very handy. Mm. So I could probably go and mow the lawn or, mm. you know, get on top of the roof and nails, I don't know, do something with the hammer. <laughs> right. But I don't, you know, even though it's, I could, I let Brian do it because I, you know, right. I try to give him what it is, you know, let you, <laughs> allow him to do what it is that he does. I'm laughing because Brian's making the funniest faces real on the planet. <laughs> for, the, for the record, I just want to state that um, as uh, diplomatically as possible, uh, I, I just want to state that uh, Michelle does not let me uh, <laughs> mow the grass or get the leaves up. I see it as my one of my responsibilities as the husband and the man in this house to make sure that all of that uh, grunt grunt type of work is done. Uh, you know, I in good conscience could not be inside chilling playing video games while my wife is outside <laughs> yes. pushing on a lawnmower. So. Well, I'm so. happy you clarified that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. That, that would he, not be a good no, image for black love. No, 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 no. No, Brian would never let me. <laughs> right, right. Never, but what I'm saying is, like, I'm just giving, throwing out a random example. <laughs> right, right, right. The point nah. is, there's plenty of things I probably could do without right, right. him, but I go to him for it. If I need to open a jar, like, here, could, yeah, I probably could that, open the jar. jar. Yeah, but can you help me? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I try to to respect him as the, the man and the authority of the house, mm. is what I mean by that. Dabbing on them. Um, So I think that's important. Um, I think a don't is, which I'm happy we don't do. We don't lie to each Mm, other, at least to my knowledge. (laughs) You know, we have this, you know, this thing where we um, don't go into detail about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I think I'm telling telling the truth. Don't lie, you know, because, you know, if you lie about the smallest things, then, you know, who knows what you'll lie about. Yeah. When it when there's bigger things. So that's a don't. Um, I think another do. I'm just going to keep going back and forth. I think it's important to to be to have your alone time Mm. and to be with your friends. So Brian is more of an introvert than I am. So I encourage him, like, go out. <clears throat> Hang with your friends. When's the last time you spoke to Amir? Give him a call, you right. know, or um, just encouraging him. Like when you come into town, mm-hmm. like we love to just sit at home and just do nothing. But right. I have to say, hey, you know, you should go out with your friends, you right. know, get up and go out. And I think that's important because you don't want to lose yourself. Right. So there's times where I just go out with my friends and I might not feel like it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But when I come home, I'm just so happy that I did go out mm-hmm. and. I don't want to be that that 
couple where, you know, we've gotten so, you know, obsessed with each other that we've lost all of our friends. Mm. So I think that's important. Um, I can't think of anything else right now. It'll come to me. Yeah, that was good. I mean, if you think of some more, just throw it in there. Yeah. So I wanted you guys to uh, touch on something I'm so happy about. Like, every time I come here, man, it's like, it's getting better and better and better. The news is better and better. But uh, Brian and Michelle, they talked about they went into uh, business together. So I want you guys to uh, talk about that, how you guys kind of got inspired. And, um, you know, again, um, why you think it's, you know, important for that black family business aspect, you know what I'm saying, to be brought into a relationship. All right. Well, I'll start by introducing our uh, business. Um, Michelle and I, we are the proud owners of a five-bed residential assisted living facility. Licensed. Licensed uh, by the state of Maryland uh, here in in the city of Bowie, Maryland. Uh, The name of our assisted living facility is Holistically (coughs) Devoted Assisted Living Facility. Uh, We currently have uh, one location open in the Pointer Ridge neighborhood of Bowie, Maryland. Uh, we received our license uh, from the state of Maryland on November 14, 2016. Uh, since that time that we have received our license, we've been legally able to operate as an assisted living facility. And at this point on March 4th, uh, we have occupied four out of our five beds. Mm. So that is something that we are very proud of. It's something that we've been working on. We've been talking about mm. one since before we even got married. Mm. And we've been working on since we got married. Uh, and it's, it's just so exciting to see the thing that we used to talk about and, and dream about and, you know, longingly look at as a future endeavor, finally become an endeavor that we're actually in, you know, um, I, I just can't express how excited we are about that um, and, and the future of our family and what we're, we'll eventually be able to do for our family and do for future generations of our, uh, of our clan. Mm. So you want to you talk about how we... Uh, Started? Yeah, started. Yeah, so um, my aunt, the couple who we um, spoke about earlier, um, Dr. Dewan Drakes and mm-hmm, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Grace Drakes, that is my aunt. And they both own three assistant living facilities. Mm. And so she was telling me, you know, how she got started. She's had her facility at least over at least 10 years. And I just remember saying, you know, you know, you go to work every day. You know, I'm a nurse. I love nursing. Nursing is my passion. Mm -hmm. But there comes a time where I just think about, you know, I want to be able to just come and go as I please. And and I don't want to do this forever, you know. Mm -hmm. So Brian and I spoke about the possibilities of assistant living, but we really didn't know. We just, it's something we spoke about. So when we were engaged, literally... We got engaged February 14th of 2013, and probably that weekend, it was a Tuesday, I think, that weekend we went to my aunt's house Mm. and spoke about how we wanted an assistant living facility somewhere far in the future. Mm. And my aunt said, well, why don't you just get a house and start there? Mm. 
And we knew we would buy a house, but we didn't think that we would be looking for a house right. like immediately. And I'm like, <clears throat> well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what, what it would take to buy a house. And she says, I mean, it's really not that hard. If you save your money, you can do it. And so I'm like, well, why not? We went online there and I just looked at some houses and called a realtor. And so that was the start. Um, also, she would talk to us about just the steps that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to take a few courses. You have to, um, of course, follow the regulations of the state, particularly um, with the Department of Mental Health and Hygiene, mm-hmm. as well as follow the regulations of the county and the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did our research there. In two weeks, I think, we saw a house that we liked and we put a bid on it. The first house we saw, mm-hmm. we put a bid on it and... Ever since then, we've just started slowly working at it. So when we bought the house, um, very traditional. Right. So Brian moved in, but I didn't move in. I stayed home until we were actually married. Oh. Um, so yay for tradition. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't move in yet. So I didn't move in until we were married. But um, as soon as we were married, I took the course that my aunt was telling me about. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just all went from there. Um, the course... Showed me everything that I needed to do. The instructor, who is another mentor of mine now, we keep in touch. Um, her name is Carolyn Jackson. She told us that maybe 20% of all people who take that course actually open an assisted living facility. Mm. And I was determined that I was going to be a part of that 20%. So we just worked at it. It took two years because you have to get your home into regulation. Mm. You have to pass a lot of inspections. But... Thank God, finally, two years later, November 14th, 14, 2016. 2016, we finally received our license of um, for assistant living. And it's only been, what, three months? Three, four? It's almost four months. Almost four months. And we filled our, we haven't filled our facility, but we have four out of five beds, which is not easy. So we're so blessed. It's been important for us to keep a good reputation and to show mm. that we're different from all the others. So that's been our goal to show that we're not just going to just give your your loved one a home where they can sit around and watch right. TV, but we're going to provide quality, quality holistic right. care right. and we're going to give devoted service. Right. I think that's so dope because you guys know, I don't know, I did. Brian met my grandfather. So my grandfather was disabled. And that was one of the things where... Uh, did you meet my grandfather? Yeah, I met, met, I met your grandfather. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you did. You met him before he passed. Yeah. But that was one of the things where my mom, she always took care of him at the house, mm-hmm. was that she never wanted to put him in the home because she just didn't, you know. You never know. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you don't want to put your mom or your someone you love in a situation where, you know, first of all, they compromise because they may be disabled for whatever it is. And... um you know, you don't want them to feel like they're being neglected. Right. You know, so when you can put them into a spot that they're getting all the love, the attention they need, the facility is great. Like, I think that's awesome. I think that's really awesome. What's been the most fulfilling part about it for you guys? Because I know, Brian, that wasn't something like you necessarily grew up thinking you was going to do. So No, um, yeah, uh, you are absolutely correct. Um, uh, business ownership in general mm-hmm. wasn't something that I grew up around mm-hmm. as I think it's probably the case for most black people. Um, but I, I, I think, I think in the black community, we are seeing a renaissance, so to say of 
of just the thought, at least, that, you know, we really need to be out here creating uh, economic opportunities, one for ourselves and one for and two for other black people. So, uh, again, that wasn't something I grew up with uh, through a number of different mentors and people that I look up to. I, as I grew into a young adult, I began to see the importance of that. Uh, that being said, uh, at Bowie State, I, I was a business major. And as Michelle said earlier, she was a nursing major. And, but she did grow up uh, around different business owners and investors and people who uh, did do things with their money to make it grow. Um, so I, I just feel like our situation was uh, godly and, and ordained by God because we're, uh, one, able to do this together mm-hmm. as a married couple. We're able to leverage our individual skills and bring them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way we operate our facility, uh, Michelle is uh, titled the healthcare manager mm-hmm. of, the, of the facility. She manages our healthcare program, and I'm the business manager of our facility. I handle all of the policy development and, and business plan development and financials and all of that of our facility. So we're able to uh, leverage our individual skills and our individual strengths. And where I'm strong at, I'm able to contribute. And where I may not be strong at, um, she's able to contribute, as well as contribute her own individual strengths mm. to this business. So that's just something that um, I think that, for me, is the most fulfilling thing, mm-hmm. as well as being able to create something um, that can be in our family forever. Mm. And, you know, um, right now, you know, we, we're not the largest facility in right. the world right now or the most grand facility, even though we have plans to meet those uh, thresholds in the future. You know, it's, it's pride in being able to call something your own. Uh, every day, and I still work a nine to five at this point, but every day I pull up to that facility and I go in and I speak to uh, the ladies that we have living with us uh, currently, and I and I I can say this is this is my facility or our facility. Mm-hmm. This is something that we built. This is something that is attached to our name that we can pass down to our children. And uh, God willing, one day if we become big enough, this is something that we can use to employ our family if someone needs a job or just anybody, any uh, a black person in general uh, that we can extend a helping hand to. This is something that we can. And provide a service <laughs> to our local community. So there, there's pride in that. And, that, you know, it, 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 it all goes back to that infamous, for me, that infamous Breakfast Club interview with uh, Dame Dash. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm, I'm being very yeah, serious. It came there's, off very funny. Yeah. Like there, 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 there's pride and ownership That's and real. hustling for your last name and being able to have something that you can pass on to future generations. Shout out to Dame. Yeah. Well, um, for me, there's a few things that are fulfilling um, with the business. Um, Brian is more the money guy, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I love, I'm just, nurse, being a nurturer is in my nature right. as a nurse, um, and my mom just raised me that way. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have a few things. Fulfillment comes from seeing not only the residents happy, but the family members. Because I think, like you said, your mom had some... 
um, hesitancy about putting your right. your grandfather into assisted living. And so there's a common misconception that you'll be neglected right. in assisted living or that um, you just aren't treated with respect. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that has been my goal, at least for us, to make sure that we can assure family members that we're going to give your family member, your loved one, respect. We'll make sure that they feel as independent as possible. We'll try our best to make sure that they can maintain their dignity. Mm -hmm. And so seeing the family members happy when they come in and they might be a little hesitant, Mm -hmm. but then we can prove to them that, you know, we're going to treat your mom as if she's our grandma Mm -hmm. or our mom. Right. You know, that brings fulfillment to me. Um, Also, what brings fulfillment to me is just being ownership, like... I joke around with Brian. I love working too. I still work on the side and I love, absolutely love what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always tell Brian, I call it the FU job. Like there's going to be a day, like there could be a day where somebody pisses me off or does something that really makes me upset. And I can just say, you know what? F you. And I can walk out the door. Like I have an F you job. So it could just be, you know, I want to make sure, I want to be able to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. And when you know that you can have your own facility, like, like Damon Dash said, you know, you can't be anyone's bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. to be completely honest, there like, it goes. you can't be someone, you know, you just can't because right. you, I'm not going to let you disrespect me because I don't have to be here. Right. You know, I'm here because I love to be here, but I don't have to be here. Right. Um, so that's one. And then also the film in, in I also get fulfillment in knowing in the future that one day I can be at home with my kids. For me, the Mm. American dream is to be able to be at home with my kids Mm. and to make sure that I'm raising them and no one else is. Mm. You know, I don't want to drop my kids off at not not knocking anyone else who does daycare. There's plenty of excellent ones. But for me personally, um, I want to be involved in every single stage of my child's life. And I want to be the number one influencer in their lives. Mm. You know, they spend, kids spend a lot of time, a majority of their time at school. Mm. And so before they make it to school, I want to make sure that I can instill as much of my, our beliefs and our teachings into them before they go to grade school. So that alone is a fulfillment for me because I know that that will be, God willing, if we continue on our path, that will be an actual reality right. for um, us and again, creating generational wealth. Oh, and I have one more fulfillment. Mm-hmm. No, wrong ahead. <laughs> I get fulfillment in letting other people see our success. Mm. Not because I want to brag. You know, I, I try. I actually told Brian in the beginning, I didn't know if I wanted to post on Facebook our business because I didn't want to seem so braggadocious. Mm-hmm. But I get fulfillment in other people seeing what we're doing because I hope that I can inspire them and they can ask me questions. Because if someone comes to me and says, or ask, how did you do this? I will take three hours and sit with you and show you how you can do it. Because any person, particularly, especially a black person who has the the, the, the drive or the wish to start their own business, mm-hmm. I will 100% back them mm-hmm. and try to do what I, I can do to help them meet their goal. No, that's... That's real. Because yeah. that's, that's uh, I mean, that's really what we're all about is just inspiration. Yeah. Like, and, you know, if you can be that to someone, I feel like you're doing your job 
on this earth. So I think you're absolutely right. What are some of the things you do with them? Because I saw on the, uh, the Instagram, I seen you guys doing paintings. I seen you guys doing a few other things. What are some of the stuff you do with some of the patients? Um, I don't want to say patients, but some of the residents. Yeah, we the call residents. them residents. Um, we call them family. Family. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, it just depends. The main goal is not to just have them sit in front of the television. Right. Um, you know, we don't want the family to think that they're spending their hard-earned money only for us to feed them and then sit them right, and watch, right, right. you know, Jerry That's Springer funny. in the morning. <laughs> so, um, some of the things we do, we paint, mm-hmm. we play games, we do Scrabble, we um, do puzzles, we color, um, we play games, Would You Rather. Um, we actually, <clears throat> when they come in, I try to see what they like. So, for instance, um, Miss... Well, I'm not going to say her name. One of our residents, she loves um, animals. Mm. So we're trying to set up pet therapy so that we can bring some trained dogs to come in and visit the residents. Wow. Or um, we actually bought a birdhouse and we had everyone paint the birdhouse. So when Mm. it's warmer outside, we'll set it right outside the front so they can see the birds coming. You know, Mm. get the food. Um, Family feud. We have like a tradition. I don't want to say tradition. Well, I guess it is. We watch Jeopardy every night. Mm Today, we did table topics, so mm-hmm. we asked certain questions. We have a jar in the middle of the table. You pick out a question, and we just talk about it. So mm-hmm. um, one of the questions were, was today, if you could be an animal, what would you be? Mm-hmm. And just to have them answer and give their own opinions and why they would. Mm-hmm. So one of our residents said, I would be a giraffe. Mm-hmm. And we said, why? She said, just so I can reach and get all the food. We're like, oh, okay. You know, right. I'm like, if that's why, sure. Um so, yeah, we just switch it up. All Listen right. to music, name that song. I mean, the options are endless. Y'all know. play Future for them? Nah, no, we not. do not. <laughs> no, we, if um, it were up to Brian, we would. No, I do, I do, I do have one of our uh, residents, Davin, with me. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have our own special handshake, mm-hmm. and, and we finish off the handshake with a dab. So that's that's really what residential assisted living is supposed to be Mm -hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be an alternative to these larger facilities Mm -hmm. where um just like for example in a larger university you're just seen as a number Mm -hmm. and you know you get your room assignment and you have someone bring you meals three times a day and you're just plopped in front of a tv Mm -hmm. uh residential assisted living is meant to while still providing you a certain level of medical attention and medical care and addressing your needs is supposed to keep you in the community. Mm-hmm. So our aim is to have our residents maintain a certain level of dignity as they age um, and become more dependent on others to provide care for them and also um, allow them a certain level of independence mm-hmm. um, in doing what they want to do when they want to do. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Nah, I think that, yeah, you guys are doing it, man. I'm proud of you guys, like I said, man. Keep it up. Because like I said, the thing is we want to provide inspiration. But going back to what Michelle has said earlier, just, uh, well, actually, all of us have kind of touched on when we were talking about um, the couples or uh, not couples, but individuals, you know, not necessarily making wise decisions with who they have babies with or whatever, you know, things like that. Is that for a lot of us, unfortunately, in our communities, we don't necessarily have access to great examples 
So providing great examples for business, like you said, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this is to show people like yeah, you can get into business. Like there's all sorts of ways to do that. You know what I'm saying? And there's all sorts of ways you may not have been thinking about. And um, that goes through all sorts of life. Like the way you said it, like you guys still need examples and mentors and role models for good people who have been married a long time, good people doing business, whatever it is. So that's that's it, man. Keep providing good inspiration and good models. Hey, real quick, who should uh, control the auxiliary cord in the uh, car of a marriage? Whoever's driving. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think so, that's fair. Only because you always drive, hey, and I he doesn't drive. give you the option to drive. No, so. no, no, well, yeah. So I I, I don't um, I don't give. Uh, my wife the option to drive unless there's something that's preventing me from being able to drive maybe right. I'm sick Broken or something foot. Yeah. but um <laughs> but I mean uh, I, I say the driver should uh, have control of the auxiliary cord but in all honesty most of the time when we drive around we're listening to what she wants to listen that's to that's not true <laughs> that is true you that mean, is not true that, she, see, she, let, she let me she let me listen to what I wanted to listen to yesterday this episode of Live at the Family Barbecue is brought to you by Get Far Magazine, the number one magazine for your black culture. You ain't got to worry about getting up out of these other chat groups and online comments because we create the narrative. We create our own story. Get Far Magazine. Go there. Check it out. We do it for the culture, man. That's www.get. F-A-R magazine.com That's G-E-T-F-A-R magazine.com Peace. Uh, Hendrix's Future's uh, best album. It's also a masterpiece. I think it's uh, it'll go down in uh, music history. <laughs> That's one of the greatest albums. <laughs> one of the greatest um, albums so, of all time. I, more than auxiliary chord, I think it's important and we always argue over this. Nope. I think the husband should always... Um, let the wife pick the temperature. You should always make sure that I am comfortable. And he will turn the AC on in the winter and the heat on in the summer. And so I'll be cold. And he's like, well, I need to be comfortable. But I feel like you should make the wife more comfortable. No, my uh, my actual actual, uh, thinking about that is, um, well, I, I believe it is my responsibility to make sure that my wife is comfortable and well taken care of it's also my responsibility to ensure the uh, uh, financial sustainability of our family so what what I'm saying what I'm trying to say is in the winter time I'm not really trying to have to heat up that high because you know gas bills and whatnot. Seriously? Yeah, that's why. In the car? I'm talking about in the oh. car. Oh, uh, I'm not talking oh, about... Well, that that's, too. That's a whole different thing. In the house. <laughs> that's a whole different thing. I'm talking about the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freezing in the car. Oh, well, I ain't really got much to say about that, but... That's what's up, though. So, I'll let you guys... Uh, wrap up unless it's some, uh, something else you guys wanted to touch on that I missed but for any of the uh, young well two part question one for the young entrepreneurs out there or people thinking about getting into business or anything some suggestions you would have for them and uh, two for any of the uh, couples out there that aren't yet married but are you know thinking about it or going strong on that path right now 
any advice you got for them? Um, on the entrepreneurial side, I would strongly, 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 strongly suggest, and if you not even on the entrepreneur, just as a from a financial standpoint, you know, if you can afford. To try your best not to take on any more debt than you need to. Mm. Period. Um, that includes cars, mm. if you can help it. Um, that includes getting an apartment, if you can help it. Um, I know we're all adults and we don't like being at home, but mm-hmm. if staying at home for six months to a year helps you earn some money to possibly buy a home, like do that. Because I can promise you the the mortgage that we pay in this area is cheaper than the rent in this area. Mm. Um, so try your best. So, suck up, suck it up. You know, put your pride to the side. They say pride comes before every downfall. Put your pride to the side and do what needs to be done for you to invest in yourself. Mm. So you invest in yourself, you buy a home. Um, also, uh, you know, debt is just, it's a cloud over your head. You know, you can't really save if you're always buying the latest car or, um, you know, buying the newest, the newer thing. So for us, our goal has always been to do what we call the snowball effect. Mm. All your debt, let's say you have student loans from your smallest to your largest. Let's say you have three loans. One's um, 500, the other's 1,000, the, other, the third one is um, 1,500. Mm-hmm. Start paying off aggressively. Every extra dollar you make, pay off that smallest loan first. Mm-hmm. Once that's <laughs> paid off, all the money from that you would have paid toward that loan, you pay all your extra money plus the money you would have put towards that first loan and put it towards your second loan. Mm-hmm. And you go to the bigger, you know, the bigger loan. And just getting that out of your hair, one, you don't have to just worry about interest growing mm-hmm. or um, just, you know, owing somebody money. Right. Um, so that I encourage. And, and just... To give you a small little story real quickly, um, when I started off as a nurse, I drove a hoopty. Well, it wasn't a hoopty. It was just, it it had wear and tear on it. Right. So, and it was a hoopty. Right. Right? Yeah, it was a hoopty. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, there were things under the car that was dragging. Right. Like, it was bad. But right. I, you know... I, it got me from point A to point B. Exactly. So there was a particular um, co-worker who used to clown me. Mm. And, you know, you need to have pride in yourself. And mm. you need it. And I'm like, you know what? I know what my goals are. I know I want a house. Right. Which I got only six months after graduating. Mm. You know, when I gra- after, only six months after starting my nursing, um, starting my career as a nurse. Right. That's because I made sure that I, I saved every dollar. Um, so she would clown me. And so I'm like, whatever, I'm not, I don't care, you know. And uh, unfortunately, I got into an accident and my car was totaled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and bought another car, mm-hmm. but I didn't go and get a, a car note. I got me like a little $3,000 car. Right. It wasn't the best looking car, but it did the job. Right. It was better than the first car. So I, w- I drove that to work and she clowned me some more, you know. You got that little cheap car, you know, you need to have pride in the what you drive. And I'm just like, whatever. Right. So she ended up buying this um, BMW SUV mm. from Virginia, <clears throat> and she was showing it off, and you know, not a, I didn't care. Right. Maybe about six, seven months later, her I don't even know a water water filter something in her car broke down. Right. So she's stressing. She's working all these doubles, extra shifts, working ungodly hours to pay for this bill. 
And I'm thinking, well, how much the bill cost? $3,000. Mm. So that one part cost you $3,000, and that's how much my car costs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you're busy working extra jobs for a car you can't afford to fix a car you can't afford. Well, I pay $3,000, and even though it's not the nicest looking car, it gets me from point A to point B. So, and eventually we saved our money and I bought a nicer car, mm-hmm. a more updated car, but even that I paid in cash. Right. So I made sure that I just saved up for it. If you can, I know that's not, you know, realistic for some, but if you can just save it up, you will live. Mm-hmm. If you drive that hoopty, mm-hmm. you know, you'll live. So mm-hmm. how about instead of paying the car notes, how about you save what you would have paid for a car note every mm-hmm. month until you can get the car of your dreams? And then I promise you, by the time you get that money to get the car for your dreams, you're not going to want to spend all that money on that car. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you save $10,000, you really want to throw it all away for a car. car. It's going to really right. make you reevaluate how much you want to, you know, what you really want to put mm-hmm. your $10,000 towards. So, that's just my tidbit. And Dab on that one. I didn't go on into marriage. I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of ranting. So, I'll let Brian do the marriage part. Well, um, for marriage... I would say you said advice for younger people. Yeah, people think about getting into, or yeah, you know, people who are already in relationships right now, maybe thinking about going into marriage. What might be some of your advice for them, um, or even people who may not like just advice on? Well, for for younger people who you know are in in relationships and thinking about marriage or not thinking about marriage, uh, I would I would say. Uh, if you are in a relationship to to treat that person good, you know, um, you know, I, I know we <clears throat> hear a lot about uh, turmoil and as far as black relationships are concerned. But, you know, really, uh, Michelle is my partner, mm. you know, and, and, you know, while we have disagreements, you know, my aim is to treat my wife good and as, as her aim is to treat me good. Um, and also, you know, for those thinking about getting married, I would, I would go back to what I said earlier, you know, I, you know, get out of your sexual urges with this person and get out of your emotion with this person Mm. and really objectively look at that person and say, do they align with the person who I am and the person who I want to be Mm. and the person, uh, and the family structure that I want to build. And if Mm. they don't, you may need to reevaluate that relationship. Mm. As far as um, on the business side of things, I would say, you know, um, again, going back to debt, I would say that um, we really are a debt-averse uh, family. Um, we don't believe in obtaining debt except for the purposes of investments Mm -hmm. Uh, that being education is an investment Mm -hmm. Um, real estate Mm -hmm. purchasing Mm -hmm. a home is an investment or business general Mm -hmm. business investments other than that we do not believe in obtaining debt for consumer items Mm. Um, for those who want to start a business I would say um, educate yourself on what what it is that you want to do um I would also say think outside the box for what you want to do. Um, I, I see so so much, and I'm not knocking anybody, but I see so much in the black community. Uh, people want to go into business for things that we don't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Do we necessarily need another barber shop? Do we necessarily need another beauty shop? You know, um, we went to a uh, we went to a um, bridal shower mm-hmm. a couple of summers ago, uh, and this guy that we went to, he was he was a millionaire, mm-hmm. um, and his business was uh, well. First, he was not college educated; he was barely high school educated, mm. um, and he was at. At his graduation, he was like the failure of the family. Mm. And, you know, 20 years later, he became the success of the family. And his business was uh, concrete. Mm. Um, so, you know, like when you walk down the street, the, the sidewalk that you walk on, mm. you know, um, he may have done that. Or I think the concrete at the new MGM uh, Casino mm-hmm. in, in Oxon Hill, Maryland, he did the concrete for that. Mm. And that was probably a major $20 million contract. Mm. So, you know, we need concrete to walk on. Mm. And, you know, uh, we just had some plumbing work done. Um, you need piping in your home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need plumbers. We need electricians. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just think practically. Your business does not have to be this sexy business. You mm. don't have to own a club or own a salon or... Or whatever else that you know you see on TV and it looks flashy. Right. You know it's it's pride and you know clearing out somebody's uh, cloggy uh, uh, sewage drain. Mm-hmm. You know if that's yours. You know uh, assisted living is not a sexy business, even though we have a lot of fun there. There are a lot. There, it's a medical facility, so right. you know we do a lot of unsavory things there. Right. But that is a service that is needed as the baby boomers get older. Right. You know, they need people to take care of them. And I would, uh, my final bit of advice for people thinking about business ownership and life in general is to understand that it really is a lot of hard work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of sacrifice and doing things that you don't want to do in the voting time. Uh, you know, our life uh, prior to this really kicking off used to consist of us coming home and hanging out after work. And us hanging out on the weekends and going on vacation mm-hmm. and things that most people do. Mm-hmm. That has not been the case ever since we received our <laughs> license. As a matter of fact, yesterday, as I said, it was my birthday. You know, my wife had to cover the facility because our employee wanted the day off. And, you know, we want to be good employers and mm-hmm. accommodate our employees. So, you know, she had to be at the facility all day to cover for her. Right. You know, and that was on my birthday when I'm sure she would have rather been spending the day with me. So, you know, hard work and think outside the box, think practically instead of thinking sexy for a business. And, you know, you keep at it, you educate yourself, you keep pushing and uh, God willing, good things will happen for you. One more thing. Yeah. <laughs> Adding on to what Brian said. And I think a lot of people will say, well, you know, you need money. You need money to start a business. And I just don't have that Um You know, we didn't grow up with a silver spoon in our mouth. You know, we just um, I was fortunate enough, like I said, to know someone who who led, you know, who showed us the way. And so um, that's why we're willing to, you know, always show other people. But you just like Ryan said, thinking outside of the box, we went to um, a I guess you could call it a seminar provided by Dr. Boyce Watkins. And um, he came to Howard University um, to speak. That was like the day before the Million Man March, I think. And thinking outside of the box, he said he knew of a guy who was a mobile notary. So if you needed some forms notarized, 
he would he got himself, you know, I guess certified in becoming a notary. Mm. And then you call him or I don't know if he had an app. I don't know how it worked. Right. But you make him you notify him that you need some forms notarized because quite honestly, Americans, we've become very lazy. You know, we need Uber Eats to bring us our food. We need, you know, everything has to be convenient. Right. So he took advantage of that. Now, I'm sure becoming a notary, maybe it costs, I don't know, maybe at the max $300 to mm-hmm. train, right. right? And he made that his business. Mm. So he makes money. Just you tell me where to go. I'll meet you. I'll notarize your forms. And this is how I make my money. Mm. And so I'm sure... All that to say, you don't need thousands of dollars or money from a rich, you know, relative or something to do what you need to do. No one gave us money. You know, we worked at it and we found ways to kind of save money, you know, and and, um, in the beginning, you know, we allow people to give us you know, used furniture so that we could save our money to buy better furniture for the facility. So Mm -hmm. you have to kind of put your pride to the side. Think of ways you could save money. So all that to say, you don't need to have money to start a business. You just have to be creative, think outside the box and do a business plan Mm -hmm. so you can know that what business you have will actually be um, worth it in your community. Gotcha. You had anything else, Brian? Mm -hmm. All right. So in closing... You did have something? Well, if we're if we're closing, I just wanted to shout out our business. Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. what I'm saying. So um uh, you a, 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 <laughs> Well again, uh, Amir, I want to thank you for having us on your show. Uh we wish you uh continued success in all of your business endeavors, um, so that you can uh create something for your family as well as create opportunity for other black people in the community, as we're trying to do. Um uh uh, in closing, uh, uh, again, our facility, uh, we are holistically devoted assisted living facility. Uh, we're, we currently have one location located in Bowie, Maryland, in the Pointer Ridge neighborhood. At this point, the, the, the home that we're recording in, uh, we just purchased a few months ago, and we're in the process of converting that into a, uh, a second assisted living facility. Uh, we're in the Kenilworth neighborhood of Bowie, Maryland. Uh, you can find us online, one at www.holisticallydevoted.com. That's H-O-S-I-S-T-I-C-A-L-L-Y, devoted, D-E-V-O-T-E-D.com. I hope I spelled that correctly. But, holistic- <laughs> <laughs> but that's holisticallydevoted.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, at holisticallydevoted, all one word, Uh we are aspiring to uh, become beacons of, uh, of holistic care and devoted service and good assisted living uh, provision to uh, elder aged people in the local uh, Prince George County community. Uh, our vision statement is to become the premier assisted living facility in Prince George's County, Maryland, and eventually in Maryland overall. Our uh, mission statement is to provide holistic service to our um or or holistic care to our residents by attending to all of their health care needs while allowing them to be uh dignified and independent individuals and to provide devoted service to our residents by being ever present as servants in their lives as we assist them with accomplishing the activities of daily living Uh, so again holisticallydevoted.com 
Facebook and Instagram at Holistically Devoted. Please like, follow, and share us. Please also visit us at our website. Perfect way to close. So, in closing this time, <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all I'm the I'm the business manager, so I had to Yo, get nah, that piece out. No, nah, that was that was perfect. Yo, so whether you single, uh, in a relationship, married, divorced, stay holistically devoted to your craft, to yourself, to being a better person. Find mentors. Find people who inspire you. Latch on to them and make their habits your habits. That's the only way. We're all about progression here. So once again, thank you, Brian and Michelle. And we look forward to having you on again sometime soon, man. I'm sure you guys will have 10 houses by then. So God willing. Hey, God willing. <laughs> we go. Thank you. No doubt.